Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for a deep dive into everything automotive with some of the top experts in the field. Be in the know with Strategy Mob. All right, everybody out there, welcome to another episode of the Strategy Mob Podcast. My name is Skinny, and today we have a very special guest. We have Megan Brazil, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, and she is a really cool person, and she's from Great Lake Honda. So we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm going to give you the floor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be a part of this. Of course, it's super fun to chat. Um, yeah, a little bit about me. I mean, I've uh, I've been in the car business for uh, almost six years now, and uh, I sell cars. I've sold cars since I started, and uh, kind of grown my way up through the ranks. And uh, I'm currently the senior salesperson, um, and doing really, really well. Built a great book of business, have a ton of amazing customers, um, and uh, love the dealership life. It's uh, it's got its challenges, but it just uh, it's super fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, every day is a new day in uh, the automotive world for sure. And I think uh, anybody who hasn't been exposed to it, I mean, it's it's probably like everybody else's job, right? There's always the weird ins and outs and the little uh, idiosyncrasies. But the automotive world in particular, my gosh, is that ever crazy? And, and you know, uh, especially now, right? Especially now when we have all these different challenges that everybody's facing. Um, and I'm sure you can agree. I haven't been in the dealership setting per se every day for a little while. So I, I mean, tell me what's life like, especially cause you're, you're at Great Lakes Honda. So that's not like a big GTA store for us. Um, how is it there? Like, how's the atmosphere? Yeah, so, well, we're, we're super small, like you said, we're not GTA. I mean, we're a single point market um, and it's, um, it's good and bad. Um, obviously, you know, with car shortages and everything, it's just kind of taken its toll, but uh, you just got to stay positive and stick with it. But um, over the last year and a half, I mean, I've seen the industry just fluctuate up and down so drastically. Uh, it's just blowing my mind. I mean, I've seen, I've seen them push in rebates at weird times of year and pull out rebates at weird times of year, um, increased um, increase interest rates uh, towards the end of the year when they normally be clearing stuff out because they're running out of cars or, um, you know, start giving away cars because there's so much inventory. And obviously right now we're on the low end of inventory, but um, yeah, you know, morale, you just kind of have to roll with it. I mean, this is life. It's happening to everybody. So that kind of makes it a little bit easier to deal with. And uh, we're just kind of rolling with the punches and hoping for the best. And uh you know, it wouldn't be terrible to not have a ton of cars uh, to push around in snowbanks for the winter. <laughs> That's something that you were only going to get from a salesperson. I can remember those days where you're just like, you know, there's this North Star coming the next day and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to move all these cars in the shop. And then if I show up early, if I'm on the morning shift, then I'm, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so funny. I guess... Yeah, that's one of the advantages of moving into winter with a short supply. You don't have to move so many cars. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, a one positive small, spin. Small positive <laughs> spin, exactly. I mean, I always want more cars. I always want more cars to sell, but you can look at it two ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's funny too, right? Because like you say, everybody's going through it. And it's so true. Like we're doing home renos right now. And, you know, if this was six months ago, going to buy a two by four was like 11, 12 bucks. And... 
people were just like, I guess that is what it is. Right. And, and are you getting that same kind of feedback from consumers now? Is it kind of, they're just going with the flow? Like I don't have the car. It's a factory order. It could be three months. Are they, are they forgiving or what's that kind of feedback that you're getting? Yeah, it's, um, I'm actually personally finding that most people are forgiving. There are still obviously always going to be people out there who are upset or disappointed or, um, you know, um, angry. <laughs> There's definitely those out there. But for the most part, the majority of people are understanding. I mean, unfortunately, you do lose some deals. I mean, um, you know, we're out of pilots right now, but I've got right. a good amount of CRVs. So I might sell a CRV because another dealership didn't have their... Um, small SUV and stuff, but I might lose a deal on a pilot because somebody didn't want to wait, um, yeah. you know, the three months and they're still understanding and kind and nice. I mean, I, I had this happen to me last week, very, very nice young woman, uh, young family wanted a pilot and ended up with something else just because they couldn't wait. They needed a vehicle. So it's like, I get it. Um, and everybody gets it and uh, no hard feelings, but it's just, uh, it's a tough time right now. You just have to capitalize on what you've got. And uh, when, and you do have somebody who's willing to wait um sold unit incoming it never hurts for the future to have a nice uh, incoming sold unit as well right so it's yeah. uh, it's tough but you just kind of have to look at it a different way a different perspective you know no i agree with you and um i was i was just talking with some the other day i said you know if i was looking at a vehicle and you know i had my heart set on this car and then you go in and you find out ah it's going to be a long wait but you're in that period where you need a vehicle right away. That's tough now, right? Because some people come in with their heart set on something. And like you said, with that customer and they wanted a pilot and now they're, they're just starting that venture all over again. But like you say, every manufacturer is in the same boat. So I'm sure you're getting people that were maybe looking for a Mazda CX-5, but now they're here because they don't have them and the CRV is going to have to work. Now, are you finding that um, when you get those customers, obviously you, you have to do a lot of educating with them, or are you finding that they're still, primarily leaning to online after perhaps learning the disappointing news that they they can't get maybe their first choice. It's definitely interesting. Um, there's still a lot of cross shopping. There's still a lot of people that are, you know, looking around out there. Um, for the most part, I mean, when you get into a small SUV like that, they're all going to be very, very similar. And um, what I find, especially with Honda, is because it's such a strong brand and because the vehicle's already so strong, reliable, safe, all of those things. I mean, there's lots of great vehicles out there, but Honda's always been, you know, at the top. Um, it's easy for people to make a decision towards a Honda. Um, right. And, you know, the education part of it, yeah, I mean, there's certain people who, um, who come in knowing exactly what they're looking for, um, but more here up north in our small town, um, we still have people who don't have computers. We still have people who don't have cell phones. <laughs> like you you would never believe it until you saw it. And you, then you say, oh, okay, that like, I don't have an email address. And you're like, wow. yeah, okay, okay, well, let's, uh, how about you just call me then? And, uh, you know, our reps from our traffic system, he's like, you're gotta be kidding me. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> people here that don't that just don't do it so um with the education standpoint yeah there's still people that you have to go through all the steps with and really show them around the car because they don't have the internet to kind of pre-teach them about everything um and in a lot of ways i kind of like that better because that's part of my job is being super knowledgeable
knowledgeable and um, you know really really understanding my product and how it will present to somebody and how it'll fit their needs. So I almost kind of prefer that uh, personally. Yeah, it, and I I have this big gripe with the industry right now is that people have lost. I say people in general. Uh, but a lot of salespeople have lost the art of a walk around, right? Like lost the art of actually showing a car and going through features, benefits, values, understanding, you know, if the customer needs this and doing this whole needs value. Like, I don't know about you, but the internet has been so great for car sales and for car salespeople. We have had never had it so easy, but mm -hmm. then for someone like yourself, who's a little bit more isolated and you have these customers who, who don't rely on the internet as much, you're still honed, your skills are still probably up to par. But then we've got some salespeople that literally order takers, people come in and they're like, yeah, I'm here for this car. And they're like, okay, great. Like, how can I facilitate that? And there's no, there's no sales involved in it anymore, right? So that's a huge benefit for you being isolated that you still have that skill of being able to just do a walk around and show a customer a car, it's so lost. Well, it's, it, you're right, it is. And even I've noticed over the past year, because I mean, our dealership specifically, um, we used to go on test drives with customers and not just to like sit in the back seat, but I would take them on a test drive, show them the features, especially with all the new safety technology we call Honda mm -hmm. Sensing, that like a lot of people don't know what this stuff is, right? So I'd take them on a 15 minute test drive, show them the features, and then bring them back to the dealership, drop me off, and then let them go drive it themselves, right? Um, yeah. And we can't do that anymore. And you definitely feel that pullback of value building in your product, where yeah. before it was like the, you're building value the entire time you're showing these these vehicles and all the features and everything it can do. And uh, you're you're winning in a lot of ways because there's not many salespeople out there that are doing that. Right. Um, so having been able to kind of re redo what how we do business um, has been a challenge, but it's been really good. And, uh, you know, being able to send videos to customers and, um, you know, doing virtual walk arounds, that kind of stuff makes uh, makes a big difference. And you always as a salesperson have to build value, even if somebody comes in and says, I want this car and I want uh, th these features and this color and I know what I want there's still an entire transaction that has to happen after that. I mean, you know, we, you go into a conversation of, um, well, I want to pay cash. Okay. Well, why, why wouldn't you look at leasing or yeah. financing or look at the rebate you get if you lease and you know, there's, there's interest rates and, and a whole conversation there where you can build value in the dealership yourself and the vehicle all together in the transaction where before you would have, only done it maybe in the vehicle now you can do it in the transaction because you don't have as much opportunity with the vehicle because of the internet yeah yeah it's so true right and so that's a great point and i'd love to talk about that in depth to you and what i mean is so you talk about building value and i'm, I'm a firm believer that that is crucial because let's face it um i've always said that people buy for two reasons, buy from somewhere for two reasons. The first reason could be convenience. And that's usually the first one. The convenience being, you know, that's my local Honda store. It's close to me. I'm going to go there and check it out. Mm -hmm. Or people will buy for customer service or experience. And one can trump the other, but not the other way around. And what I mean by that is someone may come to their local Honda store because it's convenient, but have a poor experience. Now they will choose 
experience over convenience. Now they'll search for a better Honda store to do business with, where they're, whether it's by, you know, uh, Google ratings or they're like, you know, they just go back online. They do some sort of search to find it or they just drive to the next farthest one, right? So convenience can easily be trumped by a poor experience or a referral to a good experience. And how do you build that experience now when you have a shorter period of time with the customer, you can no longer go on a test drive, um, and you have customers coming in that know a lot about the vehicle, right? Like it's such a shorter version of what we used to do with customers. I remember before you'd be with a customer sometimes two hours that day, and then an hour the next day with the wife. And like, you know, you could be three, four, five hours invested with customers. And now I feel like the transaction could really happen within an hour. So how, how have you adapted and how have you grown to build that experience both online and offline to, to, you know, attract customers to you? It's just adapting to the world we live in mainly. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all over social media, which doesn't hurt anything. And, uh, you know, a lot have got a lot of my customers on social media and, um, years and years ago, I had started adding people to my social media and kind of decided that social media is going to be business. It's not going to be personal. I didn't use it much for personal anyways, so it was kind of okay. And just started kind of posting videos of cars and whatnot. Um, and over the last year, I just embraced it fully. I went all in, um, you know, I do walk around videos of cars. I do a used car pick of the week. Um, I do new car feature of the week when I've got time, I try. <laughs> um, I, do, um, I do a mini series called Dealer Jargon where I kind of like, go through stuff that you hear around the dealership that maybe you don't know what it means. Um, You know, just trying to like bring awareness to the car industry through social media. Um, And I do have a lot of people reach out to me to purchase cars through my social media. Um, And then beyond that, if they come in, say they come in as a web lead or a phone up, or um, even they come in once and, you know, they didn't buy on the first go. um, I use an app called QuickPage and QuickPage actually, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's no, really never have. Neat. So it's um you can do a video um and just say, Hey, it's Meg from Great Lakes Honda. Thanks so much for uh sending in your information request on a CRV. I'm super excited to meet you. Just thought, you know, you could put a face to the name for when you come in for your appointment on Friday. Um in the meantime, I've added a bunch of videos below this and uh information. Um have a peek through and then uh, on Friday I'll answer any questions you've got. So I'll intro it with that. And then I have below, I've got a brochure of the car they're looking at, um, our website, a bunch of videos that I've made myself, walk around videos of the vehicle, um, videos about the safety features, um, videos about certain features in the vehicle and uh, attach all of that to them so that they can kind of get that experience from the comfort of their own home, which is what people are doing anyways, right? You're browsing the internet, yeah. they will be browsing what I'm sending them. Wednesday, and then they come in for their appointment on Friday, you know, uh, they're educated in a way that you would be doing if they had come in the door in the first place. But I think the best part about that is you're, you've educated them with your own links and you've directed them to pages that are for you so that way you're not sending them to, you know, Honda Canada's site or to an independent review. You're putting them back into your funnel and just like serving them your content. So obviously you become the go-to. I mean, when I started this journey of really diving into the videos and whatnot about a year ago, 
I wanted to, the, Honda Canada does a great job of providing us lots of walk around videos and informational videos, but I wanted to have my own version of that. I want to be mm -hmm. able to send my face out there so people know that they're relating to me and it allows people to get to know me, um, that I'm fun, I'm relaxed, I'm easy going, it's going to be a good experience. Uh, and you really see that through my videos. Um, I don't put on a personality, I just, I'm, I'm me. Um, and if I screw up, I just, I send it anyway. <laughs> so um, people get a sense to know you and then they feel comfortable dealing with you. It's a scary thing going into a dealership, right? Yep. And uh, yep. it's scary enough to leave your house these days. It shouldn't yeah. have to be scary to go buy a car. So trying to just make it easy on people. Yeah, no, and that's a great point, right? Like, and I was talking to uh, uh, to Paul Long about this the other day about how, you know, you have to be yourself um, when you're producing video because it's really going to match that experience when they come into the store, right? You wouldn't want to be, um, you know, maybe sweet and caring and everything on video and then you come in and you're just a hard ass, right? That would not go well or vice versa, right? I mean, uh, I mean, Paul's a great example. He's just this outgoing guy who's Mopar, Mopar, Mopar. And if then you came in and he was in a suit and tie and very prim and proper, people were like, what the heck is going on? Um, so no, that, that, that you have to be true on video. And that's such a great way to really gain customers that like you and, and you know, your own set of customers. And I've told fellow salespeople, I'm like, listen, man, like if you like fishing and you want to sell cars to fishermen, throw that in there, right? Like you can attract your own clientele. If you don't want to sell cars to accountants because accounts are difficult to deal with in your opinion, well, you know, direct it so it's not going to attract accounts. There's things that you can do to attract your own type of clientele. Um, and then, you know, your data is a lot easier when you have people that you kind of relate with coming in. Well, that's it, right? And then you can, they know they can relate with you, so then they feel more comfortable, right? I mean, I, I do the same thing. I mean, I'll post, um, I'm really involved in sports in the city, so I'll post a picture of, you know, my team at the soccer field or um, heading out to support a local business or, um, you know, I'm going backpacking this weekend and poured rain the whole time and people can relate to that kind of stuff. I mean, we live in the North, people go hiking and they go camping and right. people relate to that kind of stuff. So um, they they love it. And it shows a side of you that's, um, you know, that that they can, they can relate to, right? Yeah. So yeah, it makes a big difference. I agree completely. You need to be you and you need to be truthful and honest and uh, just show that side of yourself online. Yeah, I think, and what it comes down to, I think the reason why we want to do that is because we want to put a human element back into it, right? Unfortunately, the industry is just, it's been tainted over the last 50 years of, you know, painting this typical used car salesperson and things like that. And if, if customers only knew, right? And I always say that if they only knew what actually goes on inside a typical dealership, inside you know, the, the feelings and thoughts that a typical salesperson has. And, and I hate the word salesperson because it's just associated with that. But I've always said that if customers understood that the objective is to sell you a car, right? That's the objective. But the goal is to actually legitimately build a relationship. The goal is to have you walk away and say, that was a great experience. I loved it. And the salesperson saying, oh, it's too bad. I, I enjoyed, you know, the couple times they came in. That's really the goal is to build that lasting relationship. And it sounds funny because you're just selling cars, but you know how you get, you've had customers, I'm sure that you just click with, right? And it's fun and it's easy. And you, you know, 
somebody's asking you, are you going to sell me this car back or, or are we just going to chat all day? Because you just get along with them so well, right? And if people could see that, that's that change kind of the, the face of the industry. And I think that's why what you're doing by posting these videos of you just being you is so relevant and so engaging because people see that and they go, ah, oh, she's not just a car salesperson, right? Yeah, that's, that, it has to be the goal. I mean, um, you're right. And I love that because like I, people always come in with their backs up. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people come in with their backs up. And then, you know, we talk about it all the time where it's like, you sell somebody a car and then all of a sudden they change and they're mm-hmm. a completely different person. They come to pick up their car. They're so grateful to you. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden you're best friends. And it's like, you were really mean. <laughs> that whole process. I didn't think we clicked. I didn't think you liked me. I mean, I was just yeah. trying to be, you know, be the best I could be, but like, wh- you know, what are you going to do? But some people it's hard and they have that experiences. So I get it. Right. Um, but my whole goal through ever since I started was once I started learning about the car industry, because I didn't know anything about it before I started. Um, I mean, I'd never bought a new car in my life. Um, I had bought one used car from a used dealership and that was it. So I really didn't know anything about the car industry. And then once you start learning about it and you're in it, you're like, my goodness, uh, people really hate us. And uh, I just didn't want that to be me because that's not who I am. That's not who yeah. a dealership is. We we do um, run a really good business and we take care of people. And it's all about customer service first, but you've got to earn that, right? It yeah. doesn't just happen. You've got to earn that trust from people, especially in an industry that's had such a negative stereotype for so long and still yeah. actually, sadly, sometimes uh, is true, right? So. Yeah. Um, you have to earn that respect and you have to earn that trust. But you're right. Once you do earn that trust and uh, and that respect, people people come back and they just they don't even think about it. They come in just to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And it's like, uh, we'll sit there, like you said, sit there and talk for an hour. And then it's like, okay, so uh, let's go look at colors. Like, we don't talk about anything. It's like, ah, it's, it's done. I knew I was coming here to buy a car, but yeah. I just wanted to catch up. So, Well, no, and that's... Cool. And exactly. And I mean, that is really the goal. And it's hard to get there, like you said, right? And I think a great way is exposing yourself because it's exposing yourself on on doing videos, right? And just like you say, explaining car jargon, like this is helpful for you, right? So you're either going to entertain people, you're going to educate people, or you're going to tell a story. And, you know, by collectively doing all these things, people just get that kind of behind the scenes look at what happens at the store and how you are. And they become very comfortable. And now it's just easy to come in and, you know, have this conversation with you. And I can be a little bit more vulnerable and say, you know, like, I really need a car. What a word, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to usually say something like that when you're about to buy it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change how you do anything. And I find that the only times I've, I've ever seen or had to or experienced other people, you know, I quote, playing games with customers is if the customers started this off, right? You know, a customer's just holding all the cards. They're not telling you anything. They're giving you like, I'll take it if it's $8,000 off. And you're like, oh my God, we're going to do this. You know, it would be so much easier if we're just straight to the point. I'm going to help you out. Here's the, and, and it's just so polluted when the customer tries to play games because it's like, we don't want to go down that road, right? We're not going down that road. So just stay on this path with me. We'll get there and we'll both be happy. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And like, there's a level to which, um, you know, you let a customer guide the transaction versus how much you're guiding the transaction. But oftentimes when people act like that, I just ignore them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you can think whatever you want. It's unrealistic. Um, so let's move on um, and just kind of skip past it. And eventually you usually win them over. Um, yeah. And if you don't, it's like, well, that's, that's your problem, not mine. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to provide a good experience and help us get to a common spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I want that to be a good experience. I don't want it to be a fight. So, um, it doesn't need to be a fight. It can be, it can be fun. It can be yep. relaxing, right? It doesn't have to be a fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. Um, so how have you, like, when you're doing these videos, how do you come up with these ideas for what you want to create and like, how do you stay consistent? Do you have a, a method to the madness or is it just kind of when you have some spare time, you pick up your camera and start doing stuff? So I never have spare time. <laughs> I'm constantly looking for spare time. The amount of stuff I could do if I had more time would be incredible. But I think everybody says that, right? Yeah, that's um, fair. What I kind of roll with is... Um, you know, I, I have a calendar that's specifically for my social media and I have a few things per month that I do every single month. I do my walk around video, like I choose a car for the month. So this month is civic month. Um, and I choose a car for that month. And then I focus on that with regards to, you know, all of my little content throughout the month. Okay. Um, so I do my walk around video, my marketing team is great for that. Cause they'll help clip together and actually do like a proper walk around video. Um, which is really cool. And then I will, um, I'll usually do a dealer jargon or try to do a dealer jargon once a month. Um, and I focus on two or three big videos that mm -hmm. I really want to do. And then the rest, it's like, I've got ideas. I, I try to do my used car pick of the week every Friday. And I try to do a new car feature of the week every Monday, but it's not always possible. So when right. it happens, it's great. When it doesn't happen, it doesn't. Um, and then, you know, obviously just trying to always have content up. So um, customer appreciation posts, um, you know, when people buy a car, mm -hmm. um, they are always, you know, I write a blurb and post their picture and the whole thing. So um, that gives me content um, as well as, you know, just a little fun fact here or there gives me content. Um, you can schedule it ahead of time with Facebook and Instagram business suite, which is nice because then it's all like done. Yeah. Um, I was on holidays this week, so I had everything scheduled last week. I didn't have to worry about anything. So um, yeah. then it just kind of goes up as you post it. But yeah, just trying to stay engaged with people and um, be there as much as you can. And when I'm super busy, I'm just not there and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's only so much you can do, but my main goal is selling cars and focusing on the people that are in front of me. So um, you do the best you can and, uh, some months are better than others. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think, <clears throat> um, you know, consistency, they say is always the king to, to social media and, and always, um, you know, you can overdo it of course, but I think when you're providing relevant things, um, you know, it's either if you're entertaining somebody, that's kind of anytime you want the educational stuff, like your walk around stuff. I like how you schedule that you pick a car a month and then you build that little, little social things based on that car too, which is kind of cool, right? So every month it's a new theme, it's a new flavor, but it's still consistency, which is great. And it's still exposure and engagement, right? Because really, you know, the selfish part of you, you're doing it because you want the exposure and you want the engagement and you want, you know, it's not about likes and shares, but it's like, you need that bit of attention because the dealership itself has this marketing budget, but it's never solely directed towards Meg or Paul or Chris. 
It's bring people in the door. Our guys will take care of it, right? But I, you know, you always hear this this constant thing. It's like you you run your own business in car sales. You're your own business. Well, okay, but ninety eight percent of the people never run it like it was their own business, and they just fall into the trap of sitting there, you know, reading the paper, waiting for the app to come in, and that's the extent of how they are an entrepreneur. But now things are so different whereby I bet you most people watching this or listening to this are on their phone and people consume everything on their phone. Ask how many people, you know, have cable still, right? Maybe not in Great Lakes, but I I can (laughs) (laughs) like, there's so many people that just got rid of cable because they're like, yeah, I stream everything. Instagram is my entertainment. Netflix is my entertainment. LinkedIn is my educational entertainment, you know, um, uh, networking. And we've all got access to those tools and they're all free. And it's mind boggling because if you left the house in the morning without your cell phone, you would run back to grab it. And your cell phone is a tool that can create hundreds, if not thousands of leads every month. And yet, a lot of people don't treat this like their own business. They sit back and relax when they could just be creating content for entertainment, if anything. If you're, if you're not smart and you don't know the product because you just started and you're new in the business, create entertainment about this is what the car business is about. Like, holy crap, where the heck did this all come from, right? Like you said, you were blindsided at how crazy a car dealership operates. Show that. You're new. You don't have anything else to talk about. But just from that, you'll get the engagement. Right. And that's really for you. I think where you start to win is it's this big kind of uh, profile of who I am, get me some attention. And then this is how I help. And this is how I I treat people. And and then the return is you get your leads. All of my coworkers all do their own social media, Um, you know, all of the salespeople. And some of us are better at certain things than others. And it's really cool as a dealership combined when we put our stuff together to see what people do. Um, yeah. You know, one of my coworkers is awesome at editing and making videos and I'm useless at that kind of stuff. So he makes these amazing videos. Another girl, she's really um, informative in a lot of ways. She does like TikToks and all sorts of trending things. It's really cool. Um, you know, photography, all these kind of cool things, right? So it's all about your brand and what brings um, you know, what brings people to your doorstep. And that's the way that you bring people through the door these days. It's uh, it's not about picking up the phone and making phone 50,000 phone calls a day, the way that you think. Thank you. Don't get me wrong, there's kind of a place for that. But, um, you know, that's not what it's about these days. It's like you said, you have to entertain people, inform people. Um, like, I don't even have a computer at my house. I don't have, I don't have a laptop because everything I need to do on a computer, I can do at work. and or on my phone i do all of my social media from my phone i bought the top of the line phone when i got a new one because i knew that i'd be doing social media with it so like i don't i don't need anything more than that i don't have cable (laughs) like it's just the world we live in now everything's on your phone okay so i i want to i want to dive heavy into this because you brought up something and i just sorry if you're a dealer watching this and you're like i do that (laughs) and listen up because this is the time that you need to listen like okay social media dealers are like oh fuck it whatever no you guys are so naive you yourself i'm sure are very similar to me and you're very similar to everybody else out there that 
you get caught in these little black holes of being on social media and just, you know, you just tumble into this like, oh my God, 20 minutes later, I'm still watching reels on Instagram, right? Yeah. Like my wife's morning routine is she wakes up, goes into the washroom to shower. Once she gets out, she hits her Instagram reels, puts it on the mirror and just listens. She doesn't even sometimes watch as she gets ready, you know? And and she doesn't do this just once. She'll do that in the morning. And sometimes when she's home from work, taking a break, she'll just, but you get caught in this little black hole, right? Because there's some people that you follow that are really interesting, but then you get on reels, which are just random. And all of a sudden she's looking at little tiny houses. It's like, so <laughs> social media is so bloody relevant. And I think people or dealerships are like, they don't like that term because it's social media. It's entertainment. As soon as we stop calling it social media and understanding it's entertainment, that's when you're going to get the value because dealerships in the past years ago would have loved to have a budget to create an advertisement to, for TV on prime time, right? They would have, if somebody came to them and said, Hey, listen, for two grand, I'm going to give you a 35 second spot at a 7 PM on Grey's Anatomy, the first, you know, commercial break, they'd be friggin' in like this. Well, why don't we understand that that entertainment is happening all day, every day between the hours of 7 a.m. and probably 1 a.m. Like it's just constant, right? So how, and you said it best, like you've got to create these experiences. What is it that you're trying to do in store so that way, not just you are picking up your phone, but you get customers picking up their phone to share that experience. Is there anything that you're doing to make it social worthy or shareable? I think that the problem, the first problem that dealerships have with social media is they don't understand it well enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot that goes into social media. You're not just posting a picture or posting a video. You have to use appropriate hashtags. You have to use the hashtags that are relevant, but also ones that are going to keep bringing people back to you. So you have to use the same ones, but different ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to use tags. You have to tag businesses so you show up in their in their feeds, in their grids. You have to um, share the stories and tag the appropriate businesses and hashtags so that you show up in discovery. I mean, there's so many intricate details. And the problem being, the algorithm is always changing. Yeah. So what you think works now is not going to work two months from now. It changes so fast. So I think that that's the main problem is that dealerships don't really understand it that well. Um, and I've learned a ton from our marketing team. They're amazing um, with how to do these things because that that's how you stay relevant on social media. And then the other thing that dealerships don't get is they'll, they'll put advertisements out, um, you know, stuff that you get from the OEM and stuff that, you know, it's just like, oh, $750 rebate on CRV. Nobody cares about that. Nobody repeating wants... the national ad with your dealership name at the top we all know it you can find it anywhere what people want to see is has to be a combination of entertainment and value yeah. so information that they're going to want to watch and they're not going to want to watch a video about what rebates are going on or here's another used car or here's you know 15 pictures of my used car lot that's not <laughs> Nobody cares. If they want something, they'll go looking for it. But Thank what you. you want to hit people with is the stuff that they don't know that they want to know. Yes. So I don't know 
yet that I want to know what the residual value means on a lease. Or I don't know yet that I want to know that the Civic's the best-selling car in Canada for 23 years in a row. But as soon as I see that on Instagram, it's going to pop into my head. And then when I do start car shopping, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I thought there was something good about the Civic. I'm going to look up that Honda Meg girl. Or Mm -hmm. you want to stay relevant in their heads and you want to give them information that helps educate them. Because that's what this society wants. They want to be educated. They want to be informed. They want to feel like they know what they're talking about when they go in somewhere. And they want to do it all online because it's part of their entertainment. They're not just using Instagram reels to watch videos of cute kittens. Well, (laughs) (laughs) kind of. But, you know, you're watching a video of a cute kitten and you scroll the next one. Some random person talking about cars that catches your interest, then now it's a combination of entertainment and information. You get the best of both worlds. And that's what people want. And you couldn't have said it better. The amount of money that dealerships piss away on advertising a national ad that literally the next day, do you think Honda Canada doesn't spend millions, millions of dollars every month to advertise that national ad and you want to take your measly little dealership budget and try to do it better? Like- people don't buy cars for price people only look at that when it's relevant because they're in the market for buying a car fantastic who cares you're up against everybody's competition then but what you're talking about is people who aren't even in a sales funnel and telling them something they didn't know they wanted to know and that's it's so hilarious that that phrase i'm going to show you something you didn't want to know right and it's so true because it's entertainment and that is where all the attention is right now. Everything social media is entertainment. And dealerships don't understand. That's effing free. You are creating entertainment for your store right now at a cost of $0. And they're blowing their brains out trying to figure out how to get more leads. That's how you get more leads. Not by getting another CRM or by hiring you know, another private sale company or you know, by hiring the next you know, get rich quick scheme that all these dealerships subscribe to. That's not how you do this shit. You just create entertainment. So that way people are already thinking of you well before they want to come into that sales cycle. And you want them thinking about you, even if they're not going to be in the sales cycle. So that when somebody at a party says, oh yeah, I guess I need a new car. And they say, Mm -hmm. oh, let me share this video with you. I just saw this the other day. Might help you. And then you're now relevant to that person. People don't think about that. And you're right. It's totally free. It's free. You can spend money on it if you want, but I don't spend any money. Well, I started spending a little bit of money, but um, I really don't spend that much money on my social media. I just let it do its thing. And uh, it's really starting to bring me a lot of customers. And even people that like, it's funny, they have a question that they want to ask but they're not in the market. They're not ready to buy a car, but they're curious. And they actually trust me enough that they can ask me the question. And yeah. I just answer the question. And I don't say, so when are you in the market? When do you want to buy a car? Are you ready this month, next month? When's, you know, what's your time frame? You know, you don't get, answer your question. Thanks so much for asking. They're going to remember that. And, and it's because you're always marketing. You don't need to grab that, that like question, answer, sale. You got to grab that sale quick. You know that that will come down the line. Right, you're just putting out entertainment, education, and enter in this this cycle of uh, of of information. So that way, 
When somebody comes into the market, boom, they're in your funnel. If they're just asking a question, they continue on their merry way until six months, eight months, a year later, and like, okay, now I'm ready to buy. Hey, what about Meg? She was cool. She asked the question or she answered the question. She knew everything and I still follow her, right? And it's so free. And it's funny because you say like you spend a little bit of money on, on advertising right now. Like, does your budget a month exceed $500? It's $20 a month. Pardon me? 20. Two zero. zero. Two zero. 20 bucks a month. I post, I boost one video a month on Facebook. Two That's zero. It. But Two how zero. much is, how much is a, a GTA store's advertising budget for God knows what they spend their money yeah. on? It's not $20. I'll tell you that. No. No. Right. Imagine a dealership that said, and, and I'm going to go off on a tangent just for a second, because I think you'll love this idea and it's yours. Use it if you love it. Um, and I'll circle back to the, the kind of the shareable and things in a second. Um, the, my, uh, one of the really thing, one of the big things I have a hard time with, with the dealership, because I experienced it myself is the delivery experience. Right. And that's a very loose term because there's no experience. Um, but people picking up their new car, we probably do it the worst in the in, in, in any kind of retail business as far as receiving the product you just purchased, especially when you consider the value of what you just bought. You know, you can go to, 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 to Apple and you pick up a new iPhone and you probably feel better than when you pick up a car sometimes. A lot of dealerships do not do this even mediocre. They do it poor. Now, flip the script. If you said, okay, I'm going to take my advertised budget and just ax it. I'm going to focus on the delivery experience and I'm going to make something very unique and customized to each individual person that buys a car. And this relies on the salesperson really getting some information. They've got to know that the guy loves the Buffalo Bills. They've got to know that the girl loves to get her nails done every other week and change the color. They've got to know something personable about that customer so that they can fulfill this delivery experience. But then you take that and you say, okay, listen, we're going to go out, we're going to get the expensive car covers. We're going to get, you know, the netting above the delivery bay with the balloons. So that way, every time someone comes in, boom, balloons everywhere, or those, those confetti poppers, something make it so elaborate that when you walk in to pick up your car, you go, Whoa, like wasn't expecting that. Because what's the first thing a customer does when they see something that's really cool, especially if it's a little bit, you know, if it's for them, the first thing they, they grab their phone, right? And they want to record it. They want to get a selfie with it. They want to show it off because it's theirs and it's this big hoopla for them, right? So imagine if every delivery that you had was with the intent on making it personable and shareable. Now, you yourself, I'm sure, and every manager has told every salesperson out there, get referrals, get referrals, get referrals, right? Well, is a referral full, a referral really powerful when that sales guy goes and, or that, pardon me, that customer goes and hands a card to another person and says, oh yeah, you know, Mike was pretty good. You know, and gives him a card. Eh, sure. I may, I may call. Probably not. Now. The garbage later. Yeah. On the other side of that, if. I'm on, I just pick up a car and I'm on Instagram taking selfies because there's balloons everywhere or putting on my new Buffalo Bills hat because the salesperson was like, I know you like the bills, just wanted to get you a new cap or, you know, you're at uh, the nail salon getting your nails done, you know, hashtag Great Lake Honda. Thanks so much for giving me a gift certificate to get my nails done. That's a referral. 
that actually will drive customers to your store because they saw that you gave a damn, put on this big show, gave a great experience, and you can't buy that kind of publicity, but you kind of can now, right? So that's me circling back to like having those shareable moments inside the store because I think that the delivery experience is probably the best one to focus on. You're absolutely right. I mean, our dealership has preached this from the top down, which I absolutely love. Um, but the delivery experience should be the most important part of you buying a car. And I hate delivery specialists. I always have. Yeah. I hate it. And I understand sometimes it's necessary, but I hate it. Because if I'm selling you a car and then just hand you off to somebody to go through a car with you, that is not how I how I do business. This is the mm-hmm. most exciting part of buying a car. This is the part where you should say, wow, and be pumped. And yes, like you said, shareable moments. Um, you know, we've got um, a red floor in um, behind our service department where you park all the new cars that are going out or all the cars that are going out. We've got a big banner that says Great Lakes Honda red carpet um, where you can take your picture in front of it. And cool. your car's on the red carpet and uh, we put a bow on it. On every car, I put a bow on it. Yeah. And people are like, they walk out and they're like, wow a bow you got yeah. bow and i was like uh, yeah obviously. i always tell people ahead of time we're taking your pictures so make yeah. sure you do your hair or whatever when you come pick up your car and they're like oh okay um and you know they go out there they see a bow on their car and it's just that extra wow factor right yeah and uh like it, it's just it makes it an awesome experience and yeah. i've had customers that i sold six cars to and i still put a bow on it and they're like he still put the bow on it. I said, your sixth purchase is just as important, if not more important than your first purchase. So absolutely, yeah. I put a bow on it. 1000%, right? And you get people who say, oh, you know, yeah, I don't want to take my picture or whatever. And then they go out and see the car and they're like, okay, I can't find my list of the picture. <laughs> you know, and, and it's about that. And that's, you're right. That's what pe- makes people remember you. That's what makes people want to send their friends and family to you and not just say, oh yeah, you know, Meg was good, but say, you are not going anywhere. Get in the mm-hmm. car. We're going to see Meg. She's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You won't go anywhere else. That's what creates the difference. I agree. And and you are right. The delivery specialist, I hate to say it if you are one because you're employed, but the delivery specialist is really, um, I think, the wrong way to go because only you know that um, for example, you know, I mean, even if we take away from the fact that of course you want to hand the customer their keys, cause it's, you know, you're fulfilling that, that goal of building that relationship. And like you say, customers may be really hard when they're buying the car, but when they come to pick it up, all that's done. And now they're really excited. You, you deserve to get that fulfillment out of it too. But even just for the customer's sake, because you've been with them when they were test driving, when they came back and they had questions about the car. Maybe they didn't know how adaptive cruise control worked on the test drive. And when they came back, you explained it to them. Well, you want to go over that again. You want to say like, again, so, you know, Chris, I remember you, you weren't quite sure how the adaptive cruise works. Remember, here's the button. This is how you use it. So that way they're not leaving the dealership driving away and going, how do I use some of this stuff? Even though the delivery specialist, I'm sure does a great job. You'll know specifically things that you discuss that you might want to review, right? And then get your satisfaction because it's so hard to sell a car. You want that customer to be smiling instead of, 
I'm not paying that. You know, get the happiness, get your joy out of it too, because there is joy to giving keys to a car, to a customer who's finally happy, right? You're absolutely right. And, you know, this job has, it's not always easy, put it that way. <laughs> you know that. Um, it, it has its moments, but the I say it all the time and I mean it. The best part of my job is when people come to pick up their new car because you get to be a part of that excitement. And, you know, some people don't care and it's just another set of wheels and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, most people are stoked to get their new car. They're so, so excited. So it's like, then they see it and it's this moment and it just makes everything worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, really 100% I do. 100% yeah. I do. And, and um, that's kind of, I think, what the person remembers the most when they pick up their car. They don't remember how the deal went down unless there was something that didn't go well. And you don't want them remembering that, right? Uh, but nobody's, I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say nobody, but you, you don't get a lot of people coming and saying, that was so easy. I got the best price right away and I was so happy and I just paid for it. And that's, that's kind of rare. But when you're giving the keys to the car, you can take, if they had a bad experience, you can take it and totally make it right. You know, you can overcome so many things that might've gone not as planned during the sales process or, or purchase process and, and turn that around when you give the keys over. So it's, it's very crucial. I think that the salesperson still heavily involved in that. Um, and that, eh, yeah, the, the delivery, the delivery specialist needs to kind of go. I think I don't care how busy a store you are. It, it's, it's not her, it's not helping your business. No, I, I agree completely. And, you know, I, I do see, I mean, over the years we've talked about it, should we do it, should we not? And basically our whole dealership has always been on the, no, we're not doing this train just because of everything. It should be a cohesive um, transaction from start to finish for the customer. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also think it would create confusion, right? Like a lot of my customers, um, you know, you do your follow-ups and everything, but and stay in touch. But I feel like, you know, if a customer had a follow-up question, well, who do I call? Because yeah. Megan went through everything with me, but then this other person showed me my car, or do I call the service department, or who do I talk <laughs> yeah. to? You always yeah. want them, you want to be their person. I want you to think of me when you think about anything vehicle related. Mm. I want you to come to me first. I am your car person. I'm always going to be your car person. So anything that has to do with your car, reach out to me. People yeah. do it all the time where they'll just text me and say, Meg, um, you know, this feature on my car, I just, I know you told me, but I forget, or you didn't tell me. I'm like, oops. But, um, you know, this, this feature on my car, and I'll just be like, oh, yeah, and run to the showroom, record a quick video, and text it back to them. You, you want people to reach out to you with that kind of stuff so that they always feel comfortable that, I'm this is the person I go to with all my questions. Yep, I agree. I agree because it is a big investment, right? Like, it's funny because, uh, you know, we always say we're the second biggest purchase you're going to make aside from your house. But <laughs> when you look at realtors, they do it pretty poorly too because once you buy the house and you get the keys, they're gone. You get a thank you card. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you get a little gift basket with like a bottle of champagne or something, but they're gone. They don't follow up and say, How's the house? Did you notice anything when you got possession that was you know, a little off or there, there's zero follow-up from a realtor, at least in my experience. And I've had a few houses. So, um, yeah, the fact that, you know, when we're selling a vehicle, we want to be in touch still, we want to be your go-to 
that experience isn't done because you said yes and and you know we got paid we're not like that and that's again that's just going back to like if customers could only see this side of the desk and this is again you know going back to your your social media stuff this is what you're doing right you're showing people that like this is this is what we're about this is not what you couldn't see before in the 80s when you come in for a trade appraisal and they toss the keys you know underneath the washroom stall so that way they couldn't find it for half an hour so you'd have to buy a car like <laughs> it's not ownership like that in the ownership in the photocopier or <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, exactly i've done i've done the driver's license in the photocopier many oh times. guilty as charged how many times <laughs> have they come back in uh, i don't have my license i'm like oh sorry about that <laughs> um so okay so aside from the delivery specialist which you don't have um what's what's something you would change if you had the power tomorrow in the automotive industry what's that one thing like you know what i have a plan for this i know i would change this and this would be my first action as president of automotive sales in ontario <laughs> this one could get messy but i won't get messy with it <laughs> i'll just go get, who cares giver let's i mean hey it's just an opinion right no that's fair it's fair um i wish there was more transparency um okay. in the industry the, the thing that bugs me the most is when you see dealerships um, that aren't honest with people, um, that do bad things to people and get away with it. That bugs me a lot. Um, and I wish, you know, that could, you know, that could be a little bit different in the industry. I mean, of course, there's always um, the, the car industry is, you know, the only industry that you really negotiate in or that you really have you know you can you can have hidden things and yeah you know sneak around and and do do bad things right it's like <laughs> yeah it's just 100 i wish it was easier for consumers to see and to know yeah. and to understand um what a good deal actually means um and what it actually feels like and what it actually looks like uh and that's again part of my goal with uh, all of my social media but i'm i'm one person so um, I just, I would, I would change that. I would, you know, make it, make it a little bit more transparent, more honest. Yeah. There's nothing worse as a salesperson. I can remember this where, um, you know, you're shooting straight and you're giving, you know, the terms of a deal, whether it's finance, lease, cash, whatever the case is, you're giving it to them straight. There's no hidden fees. There's no, you know, I'm it's, it's actually bi-weekly, but I'm telling you it's monthly and bi-weekly times two or anything like that. Uh, or, you know, you're telling the customer the trade value before tax, not after tax, or all these little stupid things that we think help us out to, you know, cover it up when it's all right there. But there's nothing worse to me when um, you're losing a deal because the other dealership has pulled a trick and you know it and you can see it where, and the trade's one, the trade's the easiest example, right? You know, I'm giving you 8,000, well, they're giving you 9,600. You're like, well, no, that's including tax. It's the same thing. Well, no, they told me it's 9,600. And you're like, oh, like, you just want to be like, let me, like, you know what I mean? And it's so hard because the customer believes it and you can't tell them you're full of shit. You can't tell them the other dealer's full of shit. And you can't say, I'm going to prove you wrong. I mean, you can win an argument. You'll never win a sale. Um, and it's so tough. So I get exactly what you're saying that there's the dealerships that pull these things because they know the customer's not buying from them, then they come to you and now you've got this battle and this wall of bullshit that you've got to figure out how to 
tell the customer it's not true, not insult them, not make them feel stupid, but not call the other dealership. It's so polluted. And that's the stuff, like you say, that thankfully doing what you're doing, they're hopefully just going to come to you first, right? And that's that's the thing. I always say, never worry about what the other guys are doing. Worry about bringing people to you. So you don't have to worry about that. Now, on the other side of that, I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. We're, we're obviously at a very unique point in car sales with COVID being, you know, we were locked up and then only certain amount of people in the showroom. So it got difficult to serve customers. Um, customers are now very used to purchasing things they never once thought they'd buy online, groceries, ink, you know, whatever it is, all Amazon, uh, Instacart, all these things. They're, they're so used to doing this where some people would just have never done that before. Um, and now we have dealerships running low on inventory to the point where some they'll have 25 new cars to sell. Now, wild thought, manufacturers switching to that order online pickup and store experience. Uh, and I'll leave it as vague as that. What's your, what's your thoughts? Okay. <laughs> I'll leave it vague. Nice. <laughs> I'll let you fill in Not the gaps. How about that? <laughs> the, the buy online. I mean, I know there was a big um, jump towards that right when COVID hit where it was like, this is where we're going. It's happening right now. Dealerships are going to become obsolete. It's not real anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's a part of it that does happen online. I, I really don't think we're, I know we're not at a point where people are ready to buy cars online yet. Um, okay. I still think that there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that need to be filled in by a dealership. I think there are some people who will be willing to buy online, but there's such a small percentage of those people. And when they want to, they can go for it, right? Do mm -hmm. it. You can basically do it online. I mean, we had a, an option on our website to, to buy online um, for a year and a half and nobody, not one person did it. Um, right. Because at some point people want to talk to a human being. And mm -hmm. again, they want that experience, right? So. Um, do I think it'll get there one day? Probably, yeah. Um, but I really don't think it's in our near future. I think, um, honestly, when I look back at COVID and how it has affected people um, mentally and emotionally, I think that if anything, people want a personal relationship more now than ever because they've been buying stuff online. Interesting. Because that's all they've had to do and that's all they've been able to do. And the last thing that they want to buy is a car online. They want to come in, they want to talk to somebody, they want to have an experience. I've had customers come in over the last year and a half that just sit there and talk and you're like, okay, we're talking, okay. <laughs> and and they're sweet and everything and they're like, you know what? I, I don't need a car yet, but I wanted to get out of the house and talk to somebody and you were great, so we'll just yeah. buy a car. And, and I've had that happen, but I, I genuinely think that people were shown a world without social interactions for so long and told that they can't do things that they normally want to do, that I think it kind of went backwards a little bit. Um, that's been my experience. And I think that that's actually reality. I think that, you know, there are people who are just embracing it and buying online, but mm -hmm. most people want to get in a car, drive a car, touch it, make sure it fits comfortably, talk to a human being about it. You know, we're, so not, we're not AI. Do you think the showroom will ever become legitimate what it's called like a showroom where whereby maybe the 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 actual dealership doesn't hold inventory 
um, in the sense that, you know, what they have in their lot is cars in the showroom, cars for test drive, and then sold orders in the back that people are coming to pick up their car. Because I agree with you that no matter what, I think um, there needs to be some sort of experience in a showroom for a customer to feel comfortable purchasing a vehicle. Right. And, and some people will just go online, click, 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 click. And then when it gets to wherever they go pick it up. And but that's few, few, few and far between. But do you ever think that the show may become legitimately what it is? And um, it's just a place for people to come and explore the vehicle, explore the options, feel it, drive it, smell it, touch it, all this stuff. And then they can then continue their purchase, not with a traditional salesperson where there's a worksheet and all this, but they are at a tablet or a kiosk or something and they're building their car with this person from the store and they hit order and then you know uh two weeks later three weeks later whatever the case is i don't know the car comes into the store and then they pick up their vehicle do you see it getting to that point or do you always think that there's going to be a traditional sale involved where it's not just click and add and there's always going to be dealerships that hold you know these millions of dollars with support plan for inventory no, it's, it's tough for me because I don't want it to go that way. Um, not just because I'm in sales, but because that's who I am as a person where I would want to be, I would always want to go in and talk to somebody, but mm -hmm. I absolutely think that it'll head that way at some point. Um, I think that it'll just keep changing and just keep maturing in a way that naturally gets to that point. But yeah, I, I do think that it, it would make sense. I think that there's some pros and cons about it, but, you know, manufacturing and, and all sorts of things would have to be figured out. But um, it, it's definitely possible that it gets to that point. Um, but it would be interesting to see because you think about cost of building vehicles at a rate of you're building a vehicle when an order gets placed versus I'm building bulk. Um, mm. What kind of costs would that be for manufacturing? Would that increase the cost of vehicles? So then would you have an option where you have conventional dealerships that have stuff uh, available with better discounts or rebates versus buying it online and ordering the exact one you want in a factory order costs a little bit more. So um, kind of like a hybrid model. Yeah, like it's very interesting to think about, but um you know you it's 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 bound to change it has to it has to that's the way the world works right um i yeah. don't think it'll happen anytime soon but i think yeah i think over time it'll just kind of migrate in that direction yeah i think like the dealerships uh automotive sales in general is just so archaic right we've just been so slow to adapt to any kind of new ways technology or anything like that and it's derived from a lot of different angles but um it would be really cool to see and and this is more believe it or not and i think you agree this is more for the customer and the customer satisfaction to see it get to a point where there's no sales involved and what i mean by that is there's no negotiation involved there's no you know what's your best deal and then you go 35 minutes up the street what's your best deal it's literally just this is what we have available and i like your hybrid model that's kind of actually kind of neat you know this is what we have available in a Civic, Civic uh, she was a Civic, and here's the train, blah, blah, blah. And this is what we have here that's available for sale, and that's the price, right? And maybe, like you say, maybe it is a little bit discounted because it's it's being floored by the dealership. Um, but that's it. Like, it's order now, or it's buy now, or customize my order, and you order from the factory. And that'd be so cool, but I think dealerships, 
uh, I say dealership, I mean all manufacturers in general, really kind of have to catch up to it becoming a buying experience and not a selling experience. Because I think the selling experience is where we're all getting it wrong, including the customer wanting that. Because as soon as you take out any kind of negotiables, it now just becomes a transaction. And now the salesperson, it wouldn't be a salesperson, the per- the advisor, the dealership can concentrate on making that experience as best as possible. And the customer can just enjoy the experience rather than coming and going, I'm going to get hosed, right? They're just coming and going, I'll take that one. And then it's a great experience and it's seamless and there's no processes only fall apart when the when the customer wants to do something silly and you're like oh i can't stick to my process which is designed for you to have a good experience <laughs> uh, and on on everything you just said um i do find it interesting but i also wonder if you take that negotiation part out with regards to trade and um you know and the new car experience um maybe not necessarily about the um, you know, the selling experience or the buying experience. But as a manufacturer, when you look at it from a big perspective, if you don't have a salesperson doing their job and watching leases and watching when they're expiring and pulling people out early and calling people to say, listen, there's an upgrade. I mean, your marketing strategy would have to be top notch to ensure that you continue to sell the appropriate amount of vehicles if you don't have a salesperson involved keeping an eye on that, because mm-hmm. if you bought a car and you say you, you paid cash for it and you didn't have a salesperson call you in four years, when's the next time you go car shopping? You know what I mean? So as a manufacturer, they their marketing would have to be top notch to make sure that people are still buying cars at the rate that they're buying them now to make sure that you've got somebody educating people in the proper way. I mean, I'm converting, our store converts about 60% lease on new car. So, right. but how much of that, those people came in wanting to finance or pay cash? Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably yeah. 20%. So when you think about that 20% that would have just clicked, check, order my car, I'll finance for five years. Whereas when you talk to an actual human being who, it not convinces you, but shows you the benefits of a different mm-hmm. transaction that's better for your life. And now they're in a lease, now they're back in your chair in four years and buying another car. And then you've got a used car for your used car lot. Now you've sold three cars instead yeah. of one. So yeah. as a manufacturer, I, I don't know that they would really migrate to that model for quite some time, knowing that they'll probably sell less cars if everybody buys online. You know what? That's a fantastic example because I've had this conversation with some other people and I've never saw that angle. It's like, you know, you almost become a free-for-all if it all of a sudden overnight just goes, okay, we're not going to have salespeople. We're just going to be, you know, an outlet, a depot, a a retail front. Yeah, if you got no one paying attention to it. And and the greatest example you said right there was most people would come in and finance their car. And a lot of people would not take advantage of leasing. But the conversion from finance to leasing for a lot of customers who fit in that thing is very simple. It's just educating the customer making and helping them understand it and the benefits to it. So, yeah, it's so true. I mean, even the people paying cash, right? Why do you want to pay cash? So I have a line of credit. Well, what's the interest rate of this? And you can go through this and just give them information and, and allow them to make their own decision. But some people would pay legitimately quite a bit more for a vehicle because they're just being allowed to check off the box that they want to check off, lease cash finance. Um, whereas, 
you know, when you have a traditional, I guess, what do you call sales involved, we help uh, educate and lend, it's not an opinion, but some advice. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I never looked at it at that angle that it becomes a little bit of a free-for-all. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you. if I look at even, you know, my portfolio and people that, people that were going to buy a car, I mean, I've got this one couple that have bought five, four, four or five vehicles from me who came in and were planning to buy one and, you know, conversion from cash to lease or from cash to finance, or even just straight to cash, depending on what the deal was at the time. And you just call them up and say, listen, I just, I I was running the numbers uh, and looked at, looked at your trade, looked at everything and it makes sense. So your warranty's up, let's just get a new car. And then they did, you know, there's, there's lots of customers like that. And, a big part of being a salesperson isn't just to sell somebody a car um, and to sell them once, it's to keep an eye on their portfolio and help them, you know, move to the next vehicle when the time is right. Um, you know, if you've got a computer doing all that work, it's like, well, you know, what's your, what, what vehicle do you want next so that I can make sure that when the time is right, that I get you into that vehicle. Well, Meg, you know, we're, we're planning on having kids. I'm going to need a van next time around. Okay, so when the deal's right, I'll call you. Computers, it's going to take a long time before they get to that point where they can think, okay, the trade makes sense or pull them out of the lease now. Um, There's no neg now, so time Mm -hmm. to move forward. And there's a $2,500 rebate, so it makes sense. Interest rate's good. They get a loyalty rebate. Boom, numbers go. It's always way. Interesting. Interesting. I'm not going to say you converted me because I still like the model of buying online, picking up in store. But yeah, I get that. Now, to argue, uh, so what's the, what's the, uh, what's that app, Revenue Radar? I don't know. I don't even want to plug them. But there's apps that dealerships have where it mines their database looking for perhaps equity situations um, or, you know, break even or cheaper payment situations based on blah, 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 blah. So, there is some, um, it's not even AI, but there's some technology that might assist with that in the future should, because uh, I. It, it's a completely valid point. I mean, say a customer chooses a lease or a finance and that customer based on the market has now an equity situation. Maybe they don't know this. Actually, they probably don't know this. Um, and that manufacturer now has an opportunity to put them into their latest and greatest for cheaper, same payment, whatever the case is. Well, how do you get that message out there without the help of someone actually looking at that going, Hey, hold on, this customer could be in a good spot. So yeah, no, I mean, that's a great, um, uh, avenue of business that a lot of dealerships capitalize on extremely well, which is why there's lease retention managers and people like this, which is why there's those apps that dealerships pay thousands of dollars for every month, just to find business where nobody's looking or where it takes a lot of time to look for. So, Okay, you're not convincing me, but I, I so now we got to solve that problem. Is for my in my head. <laughs> well, and you know we don't we don't have an app, but Honda does send us inequity leads, right? Yeah. Um, we're really good on our database, and we're small, so we keep a really tight eye on our lease book and whatnot. But you know, a lot of these leads come in, and it's like, yeah, they're inequity, and it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, they 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 put. 20,000 down on a of course they have equity they got equity and then a year in they just bought their car a year ago right yeah or you know the inequity leads don't tell you that 
um, you know, so-and-so just got pregnant with twins and the CRV doesn't fit their family anymore, right? So yeah. equity or not, it doesn't matter. They need a bigger vehicle, right? And yeah, that human element doesn't doesn't know that. Yeah, you're right. Or pardon me, the, exactly. the, the tech element doesn't know that. Yeah, or you get an inequity lead and it's like, well, yeah, I put, I put you know, eight grand down on my lease because I was planning to buy it out at the end. So yeah. obviously I've got equity after two years, right? Sure, sure. I a new car because I did that on purpose to have a super low payment and then buy it out at the end. It's like, yeah, I, I get it, right? Yeah. You can't see that yet. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. And you know what? It, to clarify, because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, rub people the wrong way. I'm not suggesting oh, that. You're not. You're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that your job is obsolete. I'm suggesting that with that model, we can then take the cream of the crop, the best of the best. So people like yourself who are already making strides to be different and provide that great customer experience and employ them in a way that a, your salary is more consistent. First of all. B, we can pay you what you're worth. In other words, when you deliver a fantastic experience day in, day out, and that's your goal, and that's who you are as a salesperson, now we can pay you what you're worth. Because unfortunately, sometimes in this business, what your what your efforts are, what you're worth, and your experiences don't always add up to the proper paycheck, right? And that's nobody's fault in, in general. Sometimes that's just how it happens. So it's unfortunate for people like yourself who put in the effort and are really on par trying to make it great and you just have a bad month it's just like well that sucks you know and and as a manager i remember seeing that being like i feel so bad because you deserve more so i i think in my head in my you know this this futuristic perfect scenario is that we now take people like yourself and we find the best of the best and that's who we employ we pay them great they deliver great experiences and yeah now how do you encompass what you just said so that's interesting yeah well, and i i love what you said about all of that because i think we are heading towards a spot where that that world is what we're going to be a part of you you know drive a car touch a car feel a car showroom and then you know go online and order it and i think that the business will migrate from having 25 salespeople on the floor and they're all order takers yeah. and it's just like yeah okay next to like you said some of the people that are you know a little bit higher level um you know that that could be could be more and could be a little bit better and deliver that great experience and you're going to go from paying 25 salespeople to do an average job to five or ten salespeople who do an excellent job because you've got computers assisting you you've got the internet assisting you and you've got a showroom that gives you that capability that you don't need um, you don't need 25 people running around like chickens with their heads cut off and not knowing anything about cars. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. what engine does that have? Or, like, yeah. you have better people, so you're, you know, you're doing... And the byproduct of having so many people is such a poor situation and poor experience for a customer, right? But the byproduct of having less people and you cut out this 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 negotiation nonsense is that a dealership really just hones in on why would you buy from great lakes honda well because we give you the best experience price is equal no matter like across the board price is equal why do you come here because we give you a little bottle of champagne when you pick up your power we shake it up you pop it and everybody has a blast right you can focus on things like that versus 
you know, the best price. And then you don't have these stupid advertisements that it's, you know, and it's not, uh, we'll pick ABC Motors, running the same national ad right behind it, focusing on interest rates and cash. Like, who cares? Nobody cares, right? Those, those ads only matter if you're in the market today. That's yep. the only time they matter. And if you catch somebody, then then good. But it's very, very spray and pray. It's very... It no. is. And then you're only attracting people based on the fact that it looks like you're getting a great deal. So when they come in, what do you have to do? You have to give them a great deal. And what happens to that? Then you get paid $125 for a flat deal and you're demotivated and you've got to just, you got to pull yourself out of the gutter to give that customer a great experience. It's just such a cycle and a, and a drain well, of then, bad ideas. That's all you end up talking about is the great <laughs> deal, great deal, great yeah. deal. And it's like, that's not all this is about. There's so yeah. much more. Like, do you even like the car? I don't care. I want the best deal. <laughs> okay. And, you know, like, the best deal is on a, on a Civic LX at, you know, at a five-year five, at a five-year lease. Well, I don't want a lease. Well, that's the best deal. So yeah. I don't know what you, and I don't want that car. Well, you asked me what the best deal was. That's the yeah. best deal right now. You know, and uh, people get so you... caught up in it. It drives me crazy. Oh, that's, that's that's what that's I don't miss about retail is those people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. But to be fair, we've trained that, right? Yeah. As in the car industry, we've trained people to look for the best deal. We've yeah. trained people to expect the best deal. We've trained people to shop at the end of the month. We've trained people to shop at the end of the year when they're clear out. It's so it's true. Perfect. It's all it's all fake. It's all it's all just a gimmick. It's so true. And you know what? By going to this model, whether it's hybrid or whatever, the situation that we're talking about, you no longer have sales targets. You no longer have this 30-day cycle of just living hell and month-end push. And it would probably legitimately just switch to like a quarter thing. You know, every quarter we've got a target, but it's not really as relevant because, it, you know, it's you can't win deals over others because of price or trade. It's now just... Why didn't we meet our target? Well, either the market was weird or we didn't provide the experiences to bring in the right customers, right? And it's very uh, it's very easy to track that. And yes. and at that point, I mean, we all like to say in the car business, we got to measure everything. You got to measure this, this, this. Well, you can, but at a certain point, it just comes down to the fact of your price was more than the other dealership was willing to offer and you lost a deal, right? Well... You can't, you can't, you gotta look at it that way. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And it, man, I hope it goes there sooner than later because I think for, for everybody in the industry, that's going to mean that if you're good at your job, you stay employed and you make what you're worth. And that's important that everybody is paid with their, with their worth and what they deserve. And it's going to take the people in the business that shouldn't be in the business and you know, they can find something else to do. Um, that's just the reality of it, right? I mean, it's one of those weird jobs that we accept 25% as successful. 30% is an amazing job. Well, in any other business, that would be laughable. And if you're going to be one of those people that decides that, you know, you don't care about the experience, you're just around, you're trying to get the most money on every customer and you never follow up and whatever, whatever, this shouldn't be the business for you. And they should be departed and you just have a store that operates boring. Boring dealerships would be amazing where there's no drama. There's no fires to put out. The manager's not going, 
Oh, you know, like I want to work at a boring dealership. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, right? Am I crazy? I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that world. I just, I just, it's not real. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But like legit, that's what I, I want to work at a boring dealership where the most drama we have is because, you know, uh, Paul just had a kid or whatever. Like that's what I, I want the, I want the drama to be from my, my group of employees where it's just like cool drama. It's their family life that intermingles cause we're always there and we're always work together. I don't want it to be this customer's yelling, you know, this customer's back in out of this deal. <sighs> Enough of that. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, bad feels. I know. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, keep doing what you're doing. Um, your experience is going to shine, right? You're going to get those customers. You're already doing it, but I think more and more um, that funnel gets narrower and narrower as far as people that stand out and shine. And uh, I wish you all the success. I hope you're in a sales manager's position soon because, like, I could see you trying to change something and what better place to do it than a smaller store. Like that'd be, you can do that kind of stuff there. GTA stores, all that, like they got, Oh no, what what they're doing it. No, no. Like you, you could probably make a really cool change and I look forward to seeing it. And, uh, I really do appreciate your time chatting with us today. And, uh, is there anything plug away? Like, what do you want to plug? Let's go. Like what's your, what's your 30 second spiel? Why are we buying from Meg? Well, thank you for having me. This was, it was awesome. And uh, I hope we do it again. It was super fun. Um, I could chat for hours, but um, <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to check me out, you can find me on YouTube. I'm your Honda Meg, basically on all social media. Um, I'm on Facebook under your Honda Meg. I've got a business page, Instagram, your Honda Meg. Um, I think that's what my LinkedIn is too, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, so I'm basically on all of all of the platforms. Uh, I'm even on TikTok, which uh, is probably mostly videos of my cat, but <laughs> <laughs> people like that too. So um, I use it. It's fun to edit with. So yeah, you can find me Yorhana Meg on any social uh, social media platform. Follow me. I'd love to uh, love to chat with you. Awesome! It was a pleasure. Um, loved your angle and thank you for opening up my mind. Uh, you, you kind of enlightened me in a few things that I just never thought of. So this is what these are about the strategy map too, right? Just getting all these angles, helpful advice, opinions, and then hopefully we just get the brain juice flowing and people, whether driving to work, listen to this or hanging out on the couch or whatever, like you're kind of going, oh, that's an interesting idea. So love it. Uh, it's been super entertaining, super fun to chat with you. And yes, we will do it again soon. Um, TikTok was something I forgot to ask you about. So maybe the next time we'll get into that. Cause I'm very <laughs> curious about that platform. I'm, I'm not at that age. Like I'm a little bit too old to get on the TikTok thing where I'm like, I get it. Like I, I need the insight. So next time that's what we're going to chat about. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much. Hope you have a great vacation. Cause I know you're off right now. When you get back, hope you're killing it and, uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob podcast. Don't want to miss new content? Visit us at strategymob.com to view our huge library of content and to sign up to be a mobster and stay in the know. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.